Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bing, 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 bong, bing. Bing, 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 bong, 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 bong. sounds particularly practiced this week, Claire. Must be because you've got a live gig and album coming out tomorrow. Gosh, the nerves are so real. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Suggestible Podcast, a podcast where we recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. My name is Claire Tonti. James Clement is here also. We are married. And this is a podcast of things. And I have to say. What do you got? This is the very first time on this show where I am only bringing my wonderful spirit and nothing to recommend. That's not true. You're bringing the album that you made. You're allowed to recommend a thing that you made. That's fine. Maybe I'll just do that every week. I'm going to recommend a video that's coming up. Uh, no, that just came out. It's called Shrek 2 Caravan of Garbage. <laughs> do you have anything that you've worked on that maybe you want to recommend to people? It's <laughs> funny you should say that. Oh. I'm not very good at this. All right, I should get. I, I need to get real, get serious. Let's do it. So this week is potentially other than the week we got married, and then the week when I, you know, obviously had my kids. This is probably one of the biggest weeks of my life. Oh my goodness! To date, mm. I would suggest. Yeah, maybe for the rest of your life, maybe nothing will ever compare. <laughs> maybe when I die, that'll probably be a big week. Anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> so made me laugh. I don't chocolate now. I feel very silly. Um, so on Friday, I don't know if anyone notices, but I am releasing my album, Matrescence. It's coming out in the world on Spotify and YouTube and Apple Music. Mm. And it'll be on my website, claire20.com, if you want to go and purchase it for a direct download. And there's album artwork over there. And I also have T-shirts that are now live that you can buy. There's even international shipping if you so choose. And also I have vinyl, which will be ready this week. So if you would like oh. to purchase vinyl, and I have it on pre-order at the moment, but actually it'll just be ready. So you can order yourself a vinyl over on my website. And the big thing is I'm performing on Saturday at the Bronzy Boring at 9 o'clock. I would argue the biggest thing is um, the, the, the album launching because the room only sits like 200 or so people. The album can potentially go out to a billion people, Claire. That's so many people. I know. Too many, some may say. So, mm. yeah, well, so that's happening. So Saturday, 1 o'clock, if you would like to come to the launch and you're in Melbourne. Yeah. If you're not in Melbourne, I would so love you to come, but it's probably a little far uh, to fly. Would, <laughs> well, uh, would you say tickets will be available up and up to the day? I think they probably will be, yeah. yeah. There's like the um, – We've sold a lot of tickets, yeah. but I reckon there'll still be some available up to the day. So if you want to come along on the day and you think, actually, maybe I would like to do that, come on, I'll be it's gonna on. It's going to be a nice day. It's a nice room. Correct, exactly. Have Dr. a drink if you want. Have some foods. Yeah, Dr. Lois Peeler, who is an incredible Yoda Yoda uh, woman, is coming to do the Welcome to Country and talk about Aboriginality and womanhood and motherhood and her mm. advocacy work with young Aboriginal women, which is just, I'm so honoured she's going to be there. And awesome, then Woody right? Sampson, my cousin, is just a joy, glitter bomb, 
in a human being yeah. and they their particular skill is creating a dance floor, actually, good I vibes. have to say. Just good, good solid vibes and also excellent songwriting. I think um, Woody might even just actually write a song on the spot. He's doing that at the moment and it's it's just insane to watch. Yeah. They play the trumpet incredibly well and Woody's just – just a delight. So you should come and watch Woody set and then I will be on after them. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Zeke and I are going to be playing all of the songs, all 11 songs on the album. I'm going to cry a lot. It's going to be really cathartic oh, and wonderful. Embarrassing. You're going to want to come and see that. <laughs> no, it's also going to be really fun. So I'm really excited. But, yeah, the actual album itself, um, you'll be able to listen to the whole thing. My first single, Fear to Feel, obviously is out. The video is out. My second single, Free, is already out at the moment, um, but you'll be able to get the whole thing. Listen from the start to the end, I reckon. That's right. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, uh, then it's out tomorrow. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so just, like, just go and like something, do the things that you said. Because so you listened to it actually from start to finish in new in order. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> but look, that's not, that doesn't mean that other people won't like it, Claire. <laughs> no, it's, no, I really liked it. And what's really cool, because you've been doing some radio spots this week. On, I have, actually. On real radio stations. I have. Uh, which is kind Australian of incredible. Australian Broadcast Corporation. That's right. Uh, that was one of them. Yeah. Uh, among others, Joy FM and PBS. But, uh, yeah, just hearing them on the radio was, like, really bizarre in a good way. I know. Just actually hearing my songs on the radio for the first time just yeah. blew me away. I just I really couldn't believe it. It was well, I could so special. It. That's right. And those interviews were really fun to do as well. It was really, right. really exciting. So and fun to record. They were, correct, exactly. James, before we move on to your recommendation, do you have any questions about the album? Do I have any questions? Yeah. Uh, sure. Okay, how about this, Claire? If the album was a type of bird, what kind of bird would it be? So annoying. An eagle. Ooh, a yeah. bald eagle or a regular eagle? No, just. just... A brown eagle. And just an eagle, yeah. Nice. Of some description. I can't think of any other eagles. I don't know. Brown Do you eagle, know them? bald eagle. I'm so tired. I can tell. Can you tell my I don't know why you're like, what questions up. do I? I don't have any questions about it. You don't, about the writing process? I know anything. all the answers to that. So, no, I don't really <laughs> have any questions. Do you have anything you want to say? Is there anything that anybody wants to know or you want to share? I don't know. I don't know. That's not very helpful, You How about this? Are you proud of what you've achieved really... and do you think it will resonate with people? I I hope so. Because I think it already is resonating with people because you've already had people who have listened to it like contact you and it's already gotten you like a bunch of opportunities and gigs and like situations and events and con- you in contact with people that like it wouldn't, you know. Because, yeah, it blew yeah. me away actually. I will say what I th- because the album is called Matrescence and the reason it's called Matrescence is there was an anthropologist by the name of Dana Raphael who coined the term in the 1970s and it was brought back by Aureli Athen in mm. 2008 who's a researcher from Columbia University. Yes. And it really means the transition into motherhood mm. that can take over 10 years yeah. and is equivalent to adolescence. And so just that fact alone has changed the way that I think about the way I went through motherhood. And every time I say it to another person, another woman particularly, but also just people who give birth, Mm. it blows them away because they've never heard of it either, but it absolutely legitimises. But they're also like, wait a minute, that's the thing that happened to me. Yeah, it legitimises what happens to you. I was speaking to a friend about it today actually because – 
There is so much awkwardness that happens with motherhood. You go from being like maybe I was very cool or like, you know, just like a person yeah. who knows who they are and like, you know, knows what they wear and what they like and then you become a mother and it's like being a teenager all over again. You don't know what to wear. You don't know what to fit your body into. You don't know how it works because it's changed all over again. Skin feels weird. Yeah, your skin feels weird. It actually does feel weird. Your hormones are going crazy. You've got all these mood swings. You're trying to learn really fast yeah. how to do this new thing. On top of keeping a baby Exactly, alive. as well as being consumed by love for this little baby. Mm. But you're also kind of dealing with all this other stuff as well. Your skin's changed, your hair changes, and socially as well. I think it's something we don't talk about. Your social circles really are impacted too. So the friendships that you had may change depending on if they have kids or not or what kind of life stages people are at. Your habits change. So even just that alone, your habits change, which means you can't always go out for dinner or go to the pub the way that you used to. See ya and you walk out of the house. And you become a different person. And Matrescence is learning how to do that. Yeah. And I think we give adolescents all of this kind of leeway and there's so much research about that transition and we know that it's like eight to ten years of their lives. Yeah. And we kind of go, oh, isn't that hilarious? Look at these teenagers, you know, they're experimenting and some teenagers go through it, you know, really well and other teenagers flail around having no idea. That's true, it is, And, you know, it's it's the same with motherhood and some people will sail through it fairly breezy and other people will really, really struggle and it's so unique to each person and so that's kind of the message I really want to get out with this album and I didn't mean to either. I wrote the songs before I knew what matrescence meant. That is true. And then you know, it's kind of say worked backwards because it kind of was that in hindsight. It kind yeah, of but it was everything. hindsight, right? Yeah. Because really I was just writing very personally from, and from my and experiences and the experiences of the women around me or people that I'd heard or TV shows that I'd watched of the experience of womanhood and motherhood and heartbreak. And I, it was interesting. I did an, a radio interview with Vision Australia on Friday mm. and that interviewer, Chris, was so insightful. He listened to the album and he said I, I – didn't hear that one. Do you have a copy of that I one? don't. It's not out yet. Okay, cool. No, okay, so yeah. it's not coming out till after the album's launched. Oh, great. Okay, good. Um, but yep. he said something so thoughtful. I hadn't never been interviewed by someone who was so thoughtful. He picked out specific lyrics from the songs and – he said that I know that. I like to think my eagle question was pretty thoughtful, but go on. So he said that even though the album is about matrescence, it's actually really universal because it, because it's about heartbreak and failure and transition and okay about yeah human fragility really, mm. which is at the heart of what matrescence really is. It's just another one of those big life altering things. Like if you go through a trauma or a heartbreak. It can feel similar to that in some ways. Yeah. And then it it just made me think that's so interesting, isn't it, that yes, I'm writing about matrescence but also there's the deeper themes in there. So if you're not a mother or you're not even someone who has a womb and could have, have a child, I would be really curious to see what you think of the album because there's songs in there that are, I think, speak to heartbreak and grief mm. and feeling stuck in your life and not knowing you know, how to get out of a situation or being stuck on an idea or falling in love with an idea or a person and then having that kind of ripped out from under you and, yeah, you know, even just coping with trauma that you've been through and how to hold on to your sense of self through all of that. So it is about matrescence but um, 
I was really grateful for that interview because I realised, I mean, he was a man probably in his 50s, mm. you know, who. Yuck. Um, <laughs> just, no, but just <laughs> I found that really interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, because actually at the heart of it, human fragility is an emotion in all lives and the stuff that Absolutely. we go through. And everybody changes, there's a you core, know. Yeah, but yeah. There's, a, there's a kernel of truth in. Um, An egg. An eagle's egg. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> that is relatable. I just mean that in all our experiences, regardless of the what those events are, yeah. there can be a really a kernel of kind of similarity. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because we're all just human at the end of the day experiencing that stuff. So. Okay, I have one final question. Here he goes. What, you're going to ask me about eagles and eggs? No, I got my answer. Um, if someone was to write, say, an album or a book or a script or a, I don't know, a whatever, a, a short story, an essay, yes. a list of things to do. Um, how what would, For the writing process, do you think there's it really is about writing what you know? Because I feel like you've had a run at this stuff before and I don't know whether you – it wasn't that you didn't have things to say, but I feel like you had a certain kind of lived experience and, and all of that and then you drew on that. And then that's, to, that's not to say either that you have to wait till a certain age till you've got lived experience to – to express yourself in a in a certain way, mm. but what this is obviously something you couldn't have done at like twenty, like this exact thing, because it's just not possible. Like you wouldn't have experienced any of this. Mm. So would you say there's truth in like do what you know? Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, writing what you know that sounds really obvious, doesn't mm. it? And you hear that all the time. I think um, is it what feels true to you would be more because I know you're big on like gut instinct, and you've also been like that for like promoting it and getting it out there, which has seemed to have worked really well because you're like, well, no, like you've speak, spoken to people about like how to get it out there and you get a lot of really good advice and from people who know and maybe don't know what they're doing. Mm. And sometimes you get a bit of advice from someone who even knows what you're doing and you're like, no, I'm going to do it this particular way and it seems to have worked out like pretty much every time. I think, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure That's like, a different thing though, obviously. Gut, no, I yeah. mean, I, there's a few things going on there. One of them is that I think... You have to make art for you and right, I saw yeah. a really great interview with someone who said this and I, 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 didn't, I couldn't actually catch which musician it was but he was saying that you have to make art for you, the audience. Yes. And if no one else likes it but you really enjoy it because you've made it just for you, great. And I don't think you should do anything outside of that because I think once you start chasing something that – that you want other people to see in your work. Like a trend or a... Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't Or you think, think this will work because that, that thing is popular. So yeah, I'll and I'm thing. sure people do, and people do do that and get, you know, success. Oh, of and course, yeah. All I kinds mean, the of whole things, YouTube think, model is based on... Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but I think in terms of artistry and musicianship or any kind of writing, what you're trying to do is create something that you enjoy. And so then you can feel proud of it and maybe you have to get another job in order to create it because you, you know, for whatever reason. But I think then you're making something that's really true and interesting. Yes. Um, and I think it's also how being being able to be completely vulnerable mm. and sink really deeply into the way that you see the world Yeah. and align what you're making with that. And I also, Elizabeth Gilbert in her book, Big Magic, said something great and I really love that too. She's like, for goodness sake, don't try and make art that's going to change the world. Like don't, like that's annoying too, that's you know. That's also like. 
It's just like an that's ad- like really obnoxious as well. I feel like you remember it's there was just like really annoying. Yeah, that remember like I kind of I can't remember what it's called, but there was that like, do you know? Do they know it's Christmas song? It's like an eighties song about yeah, like yeah, famine yeah. in Africa, and it's about like kids starving in Africa. It's like yeah. they probably don't know it's Christmas. <laughs> like no. and that song was designed. I know it probably raised a lot of money and whatever and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like. You can't make something that's going to like heal the world is what you're no, saying. No, yeah. no, exactly. Or I mean, and you can try, but but she was saying in the end, for goodness sake, make it because it lights you up, because it's fascinating, because it's absorbing, because it's interesting, because it feels truthful, because it yep. sits with how you see the world. And because art at the end of the day is like jewelry for your mind. You know, so yeah. you put everything that you can into it to make it as good as you can make it in terms of your own taste mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. don't leave anything on the table. Like you just go for it yeah, as, you know, as like, hard well, as you can. Next time I'll do this. No. I'll and, save and, this song. And kind of going, oh, that'll do. No, you do it as as best that you can in the way that you can with the skill set that you have. But you, that's what I've done anyway. And I've, I haven't made it going, well, this is going to change everyone's lives. It, that's not why I'm making it. I made it for me. I made yeah. it because I needed to heal from what I'd been through and I feel like art is a means to that healing. Yep. And all of this is such a bonus to me if other people resonate with what I've written and they find it healing too. Bloody fabulous. But I, the process of making it was so um, special and hard and vulnerable and wonderful and interesting and, yeah, healing that all the rest of it that, you know, this feels like, just flying it's like so much fun yeah. and that's why I keep having to remind myself that regardless of where things go now I've just done I've made something that I'm really proud of yeah absolutely that has really changed me and has helped me make sense of what I went through yes and so that's that's at the end of it so yeah I think that kind of answers your question yeah right at the end does. of the day and the other thing I would say is, which is something that Zeke, the music producer that mm. I made the music with, said to me and also my singing teacher Bianca said as well, that you've just got to do it your way. Yeah. And no one really knows. It's something you say too. No one really knows. No one really knows anything. Jacob no. Collier, who's a musician I really admire, said this in an interview at the Grammys recently. He just said, yeah, no one really knows. Everyone's just making it up as they go along. Everyone's trying stuff and seeing what works. And, yeah, some people have done it more than you, but also no one really knows for sure what will work and what won't. And and the other advice he gave, which I really loved, was that by making yourself the biggest version of you that you can be and the best version of you, you're not going to make other people smaller. You're actually allowing other people to expand. Okay, yeah. And I love that idea. He said, you be as big as you can be in mm. your own space, in your own creativity, in your own world, and stop kind of putting yourself down and trying to make yourself smaller and feeling like that imposter syndrome, like, oh, it's the Grammys and I don't know if I should really be here. He said, no, the more expensive you are. I think most of those are, people bloody shouldn't be there. I'm looking at that crowd. I'm like, what a bunch of dickheads. Hey, no. But you know what I mean? Like the more that you can say to yourself, I deserve to be here, but not in a like a self kind of like a self-absorbed sort of way, but in a I'm going to, you know, be expansive as a person, you then allow other people to also find themselves and yeah. be expansive too. 
it's not a finite amount of being able to like be Completely fully agree. who you are. Yep. And I just love that. He's an incredible musician. Oh my goodness. His concerts, like he does this audience singing. It's just it's magical. And mm. he's just, he plays every instrument under the sun. I just admire him so much. So I would highly recommend going to find that video actually. But yeah, that would be my advice at the end of the day. No one really knows. You just have to go with your own gut instinct mm. um, and try your best. This is uh, sort of related, not really, but it is. You know, Lonely Island, uh, they, they do the I'm, a, I'm on a boat and whatever. Yeah, boat yeah, boat. yeah. They wrote that. Have you you've seen that weird Jack Sparrow song they did? No. With Michael Bolton? No. It's basically a song where they do, do a duet with Michael Bolton and it's supposed to be this like this power ballad and every time it goes to a chorus, he sings about how he loves the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise yeah. and how he loves Jack Sparrow <laughs> and like – and they keep trying to like wrangle him back, like out of singing about Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. And it's like bizarre. Like it's like, and they thought it was like, this is really funny for us. Yeah. And then it's like their big one, probably their biggest song. Cause it's like, we think this is funny. We don't think anybody else thinks this was funny. <laughs> but it's, uh, but it's the thing that they like. They're like, this is fun. Let's do it. And it, it's amazing. It is. It's a really good song. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Cool. Excellent. All right. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but listen, Claire. That's the show. <laughs> no, it's not. There's more things. <laughs> what have you talk. got to recommend? Well, look, what I've been doing, and you know this because you just saw me, because I've watched all the Shrek movies and recorded Caravan of Garbages for them. Actually, quite early. They'll finish like a while back. Ah. Uh, because Lawrence is getting married. Congratulations, <gasps> Lawrence. Congratulations, Lawrence. And Ben's going over, so that's that's happening next week. But didn't get an invite, that's all I'm saying. That's all, that's just not, <laughs> not a big deal. Whatever. <laughs> no. Um so my son and I, our son, have been watching the Shrek films and he's just been – Shrek 4 set in an alternate timeline where Shrek doesn't exist. He was never born, right? Yeah. And so I've been – he's been asking about multiverses and how, how the second timeline in Shrek works. So tonight, as I, I promised him but he reminded me, I sat down and I literally just mapped out the two – the Shrek – the regular Shrek timeline and then below a parallel Shrek timeline – explaining how it works and the events that lead up to Shrek in Shrek 1 and how have not having Shrek in the alternate timeline because he was never born, how that would affect the timeline of, of that particular thing. And I'm like, what am I doing? At one point I was making hot chocolate and I heard you go, look, it's a pretty big concept to understand, isn't it, mate? So, you know, don't worry if you don't really understand it. We'll have another go at um, yeah. looking at it tomorrow. Also good to remember – it's not real. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you don't need to worry about it. But then I don't want to be like, maybe it is. I don't know. If but he listened so intently, which yeah. is what I would find so funny. It just... But it also they drop it in so many movies now. You know what I mean? It's so good. I feel like it's it a really gonna, important concept. It's going to come understand. up. Every, come up sooner or later. Yeah, may I as mean, well do it through the Shrek franchise. Yeah, exactly. It's going to come up heaps. It happens all in like comic yeah. books and all of that stuff. Back to the Future. Oh, exactly. Good I Lord. basically did the Back to the. There's a scene in Back to the Future too where. Doc Brown like literally like draws it on a chalkboard and it's for Marty, but it's really for the audience to be like, right, this is how time <laughs> travel works. Yeah. Uh, so when he comes to that, he's going to really understand it when we find, I can't wait to show him Back to the Future. It's pretty good. I like awesome. the scene where he kisses his mum. It's weird. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. It's a weird movie. Everything Great has movie, problematic though. things, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, some, some weirder than others. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Anyways, I watched an incredible movie called Alice, Darling. It stars Anna Kendrick, Wunmi Moksaku, Ganithio Horn. Now, the last name I'm really proud of because I was like, how do you pronounce this? I searched all around the internet. I found a video of her saying it and she was like, if you take the time to like learn somebody, you know, pronounce someone's name, whether it be me or somebody else, it's, you know, it's really, it's, it's really nice of you to do it. And it's like a sign of respect or whatever, instead of being like, can you give me a nickname? So I'm like, I did that. That's what I'm doing. Uh, and Charlie Carrick. So it's directed by Mary Nighy, who is actually the daughter of Bill Nighy. Oh, um, wow. And it's written by Alana Francis. So this is the synopsis. Pushed to the breaking point by Simon, her psychologically abusive boyfriend, Alice, played by Anna Kendrick, rediscovers the essence of herself and gains a much-needed perspective while on vacation with two close girlfriends. So it's about an abusive relationship, Anna Kendrick, and to the Charlie Carrick character. I'm going to call him Simon, uh, and I'm going to call her Anna Kendrick, okay, if that's okay, Claire, mm-hmm. if you're okay with that. Mm-hmm. But it's not about, like... It's not like explosions of like gratuitous violence and there's like a murder and like the hides her body and whatever and that's like a big revenge kind of situation. It's, in a lot of ways it feels worse because it feels very real. This Her boyfriend is like portrayed so like awful and frightening and you kind of, as the movie goes on, you get glimpses of that and you get more as it kind of progresses and she thinks back to like specific moments but there's also what the scariest thing is her reaction to him, not only when he's around her, but also when he's not there. So like, it's the way that she presents herself, the way that she gets up, like before she do, he does and puts her makeup on in the morning, like the way she dresses, like the way that like what she eats and what she doesn't eat. When like somebody approaches her or him approaches her, she like flinches. You're, like you see moments like that. And she, in addition to that is justifying like her actions and the way she feels in relation to him and his actions, if that makes sense. Cause that's often how it works. People aren't in an abusive relationship and are like, this is abusive and this sucks, but oh, well, I'm, you know, they, there's a reason that they're there because this person has like broke them down, like psychologically. And you see that it's a really realistic portrayal of what abuse, you know, can, can really look like, but it's also, that of friendship as well, because she ends up lying to her boyfriend and going away with some old friends who she doesn't really see anymore. Cause you see, sows the seeds of doubts of like, you know, you don't even like hanging out with them anymore. And you always tell me that, you know, you don't feel the same when you're around hers and, 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 you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know, like sowing the seeds. So the dynamic between them is great because she's, she believes some of that, you know what I mean? Like she's like, oh, I don't know if I even click with these people anymore and they know something's wrong, but they're also annoyed at her because she's not the kind of friend that she used to be or even the kind of friend that she, you know, that that she was to them. And it's also, I saw an interview where Anna Kendrick was talking about the character of Alice and how it's an att- intentionally she took on this role because it's not a character where like, you know, she's like soft and fun and bubbly and like charismatic and it's like like mm. whip smart and funny and all of those kinds of things. She's like none of those things. And it's not that she's like unpleasant. She's just not a good person to like to sit with. 
and like be around mm. and like be in the headspace of and like watch kind of go through these things. Like it's really uncomfortable. And it's also, it's interesting that it, the way that it portrays their relationship, because if you looked at like the surface of the things that he's doing and saying, cause he's not like, again, he's not hitting her or any of those things. There, there is this kind of ominous kind of threat and maybe it would become violent at some point because these things often do. But none of the things he's doing are like, they're not illegal. Like you could easily, if you were in that situation, you could justify them to yourself or to somebody else. Or if you were explaining the way that he treats her or what has happened, if he was spoke to the wrong person about that, like maybe even on, or the right person on the wrong day, it sounds like nothing. You know, it just sounds like, Oh, so like he wants you to eat healthy. Like that's good. You know, things like that. Mm. Right. So it's, it's little things like that. So the movie does a really good job of showing what an abusive relationship can look like on a very kind of, I don't know, like just grounded, realistic level. Almost like a mundane kind of ordinary day level. Yeah. Which I think is what the mm. dangerous thing is about emotionally abusive relationships Mm. because they can be not violent, physically violent at all, but they can erode someone's sense of self to the point where they no longer even know what they think anymore without that person validating what they're going to say. Yeah. And it's it's heartbreaking. There's some really powerful writing that's come out recently about those kind of relationships. I know in Bad Sisters there's a really amazing kind of – yeah way of portraying one of the sisters, the guy that is murdered and the husband, his, yeah. yeah, the husband and the, her, their relationship. And you see yeah. how over time he's taken her spark yes. and just taken everything from her, even though ostensibly you might think that oh, like that one isolated incident doesn't look that bad, yeah. but it's incrementally over time. On Taunts, I spoke to Sam Buckingham, who's a singer-songwriter who I really, really loved, who escaped an abusive relationship, emotionally Mm. abusive relationship. And it's a very confronting episode, so I I will put a warning. It's also beautiful and heartwarming and she's an amazing creative, but she talks about that, that she didn't even know she was in an abusive relationship until – she rang a helpline after she actually left him. Yeah. And he had sort of twisted it around to make it seem like she was the villain. Yep. And she rang this helpline and they started sort of asking her questions and then they told her she was in an abusive yeah. relationship. And she was shocked and kind of said, no, n- no I'm not. And yeah, then, I would know that. Right? I would know yeah. that, right? And then mm. as it sort of started to unpack more and more and they talked more and more about – the things that sh- that she had taken as just being part and parcel of a difficult relationship, yeah, um, she started to see they were patterns, and I think that's the key when you realise that things that are happening to you aren't happening in isolation; that yeah. actually they've happened to a lot of people, and particularly women, yes. over and over again. You know, the other one that I think shows that really well is Made. Remember that TV show? I didn't Made? watch Made. Yeah, you you talked about it's it. It's just yeah. a brilliant yeah. watch. But that goes a long way to showing um, just the damaging nature of this kind of yeah. relationship. And knowledge is power too. Definitely, so once yeah. you know that, then you can kind of have more of an awareness. And I think also the other thing about emotionally abusive relationships from what I have read and the women I've heard speak, and not just women actually, non-binary people too yeah. and men, that you just 
think it couldn't happen to you mm. is the the line that a lot like I'm smart is the line I've heard. Yeah. I'm smart, I'm intelligent, I have I I grew up in a particular way, I'm savvy about people, I manage a team, mm. I have this or that or this career or that career. I just didn't think that it could happen to me. Yeah. But particularly abusers in this way can be incredibly manipulative yeah. and incredibly clever. Because they are also smart. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And for whatever reason, whether it's their personality or what they've been through themselves or their subconscious or whatever it is, they are also very, very um, clever so it can happen to anyone. Mm. So the more that you can start to see the red flags, the better. That sounds great. I'd really it like is to good. watch yeah. that. Uh, I would watch it after your show. But um, mm. yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed it. And I, yeah, yeah. I love the, the friendships in it as well. They portrayed like her two friends mm. are, really, are really great. And also that they're, they don't even particularly like, like her a lot of the time. Um, but they do at the same time. It's more like a frustration mm. and like an anger that what has happened to her than like we don't like you. Because, yeah, I said that wrong because they do like her because they want, you know, they want the best for her, you know. Yeah. 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 It's mm. and, and I think that's what's kind of interesting too and unusual to see that and it's true that when a friend is in that particular state when they've been so broken down, they aren't fun to be around. Yeah. You know, and they do seem kind of at odds with themselves. And, and especially when, like, you know, you're telling somebody and they either don't hear it or don't want to hear it or they do hear it and then later they, you know, maybe something happens where, you know, they you know they stay in the relationship or whatever, you know, or yeah. for whatever reason, which is also completely understandable. Like, I, I get that. Like, yeah. I mean, life is complex. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it, that is also tricky, isn't it? Once mm. someone's opened up about how something is in a relationship and then they stay together and then they avoid you because they know that you know yeah. some really difficult things. So, ah, oh, gosh, complicated. But gosh, Anna Kendrick chooses some really, really great roles. She's good. I really like her. She's she was really on great. the show Hot Ones this week. She was. Which I enjoy. You don't know what that is. I don't but, know what uh, that is. No, she they, can do that. They thing. eat hot wings and there's even spicier questions or something. Ah, oh, they eat go. hot wings. Yeah. I That's love great. that. Well, Claire. Mm. Yes, James. I know that you love reviews, not I only do. of your album. So, uh-huh. like, if you're listening on Spotify, you can give that five stars. Oh, yeah. It, like, honestly. Ah, the, ooh, go on. It's so. Ah. This whole music business, I realized I'm doing this all independently. So I don't have a record label. Well, Claire, you have people have, around I, you. And but. this is what I'm saying. I have all these incredible friends and family and you who are supporting me and helping me to get the album out there. But that's all I have. So I don't have a record label. I don't have a manager. I don't have a big team. No. And so if you are out there listening to this right now, if you go to Spotify and you click on Fear to Feel or Free or listen to my whole album, Hit a like. I know that you hear this all the time, so I feel like a bit of a wanker saying this, but it really honestly makes a big difference. And the other thing that makes a massive difference is if you add one of my tracks to a, a playlist that you might play at your work or in or in the car or wherever, that makes yeah. such a massive difference. So just playing it more than once and if it sits in your playlist, you know, it's just I can't even tell you. And the other thing is just going, hey, to a friend, hey. I have this thing. I've heard this thing. I know I know this musician or I listen to a podcast and here's this album. You might like it. And I think particularly if you've got anyone in your life who's about to have a baby or has just had a baby or is just kind of coming through all of that time, I think there's some songs in this album that will really, really, I think, helped me anyway in writing them. And some women who I know have um, listened to them and said they've helped them. So um, feel seen in their experience. So 
I yeah, I would just that would be that would mean the world to me, and it would also mean the world to me. Oh, well, for there you, for you people go. People do that for you. Yeah, I'm just I'm so passionate about this album. I really. I'm so proud of it. You should be. And I and I really believe in it and I really want it to be heard by as many people as want to hear it and should hear it. Yeah. And so, yeah. That, and I, that's why I made the YouTube video as well, the music video. Who People have just, I've just been blown away. I keep crying all the time because people have been so lovely about it. And mm. I've really, I've just, it's been such a gift to have this time to really find myself as an artist and make something that I'm really, really proud of. And I've met so many amazing people. And, yeah, so if you want to go and check out the video, I would love you to. It's just I will, I will check so it out. proud of it. So, yeah, go watch, go listen. And if and if you can't and if you don't like it, that's cool. I totally get it. But, I don't want um, to hear about it though. <laughs> but I no, it's not for everybody. I like yeah, you know, and not not everything now. is to everyone as well. Oh. So I totally get that. But if you're curious or you're listening to this and think, yeah, I could just take it, have a little listen. I think um, you might get something out of it. So yeah, yeah well. it's really special. Any and just massive thank you, James, because I could not have made any of it without all of your support and running things from home and looking did, after the kids. I did backing and, tracks on that one song. It probably helped. You did. You did a little shoop de boops. I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, it's a real partnership. I was speaking to a friend actually, well, my singing teacher, Bianca, today about the album and about losing yourself as a as a mother and how often that can happen to women, particularly women. It can happen to yeah. men as well. It happened to Charlie Clawson. We, right. I, we talked about that in, on um, Fofop, but – Particularly, it's more common for women, and it's when you fall into the trap of or society's expectation or circumstance with work that you become the primary carer, and you don't have someone who's a, who's in it with you mm. as an equal partner, mm. and so you then fall into having the role of parent solely f- on your shoulders. Yeah, and that is also such an admirable and amazing role. And if you in if you find yourself in that role, then that's so amazing. But if you don't and you you can really lose yourself if you don't have a, a partner who's willing to share it equally with you. Um, and I would that's what I say to all my friends and they're thinking about having kids, that you don't want to take away um, your partner's opportunity to also be an expert for their kids. Yeah. Because that also leaves you then being the sole kind of or everything falls to you and that over time it might feel good initially but over time it becomes exhausting. And yeah. so I'm also just incredibly thankful that I've got a, a partner who's in it 50, 50, 50. Who? I don't know, some dude. Wow. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you. No, it's been really nice seeing you do it, honestly. It's been awesome. It's just, yeah, seeing you like light up and create this thing and also have it be good because imagine if it wasn't, fuck me, that'd be awkward. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awkward for me, Claire. <laughs> Trying to talk you through that. No, that's good, actually. That's good. Actually, that's the funniest thing, actually. That's happened quite a bit because I'm so proud of it. I forget. And also I just don't have any fear because I have that in delay. So I just send it to people all the time. Yeah. And I and Charlie Clawson said this to me. was like, it's awful. People send things to you and you're like, oh, God, it's a friend and what if it's bad? And I realised, like, from their perspective, a friend that they didn't even know did any music sends you a song. Yeah. And a video clip, you're just gonna watch it and cringe the whole That's time. That's why I didn't tell anybody, even to this day, that I'm on YouTube. 
<laughs> yeah, well, clearly we're very different beasts. I don't know, but I just hadn't occurred to me that that would be the overriding emotion. Yeah, absolutely. But it's happened a lot. And then I have got when people have finally listened, people go, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I've sent one thing to people, to the, my group chat. I don't send my videos to anybody. Wow. I've never done except one. Remember that one I did about the Suvlaki hut? Oh, yes. yeah. I said that to my friend because they are like football or whatever. And I'm like, here, this one's for you guys actually. Um, <laughs> what did they think of it? They liked it. So yeah, because that's, that, yeah. that's actually one of my favourites. Yeah, I like it too. <laughs> it's so Talk silly. Talk about passion projects, you know. So silly. I love it. It's so funny though. It's yeah. just so funny. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's it. That's anyway, you can review the show. You review it. You do it in app, but don't do the Claire's thing first. And if you do that and you've got time, then I'll read you the thing out. But I think we've only got a couple of reviews left after this to read out, so more would be good. This one's five stars. My goodness. It says, Claire is the best. Oh, it says, new neighbours are moving in right now and they're loud. Lovely podcast. That's from Ethan Rice. He's got two E's on the end. Thank you so much, Ethan Rice. Thank you so much, Ethan Rice. You got a letter or are we going to leave it there? I do have a letter. Cool. This one is from a long-time listener, David Malofsky. Okay, let's yeah. do it. How Fear to Feel helped my ADHD. Oh. I know. Hi, Claire. I wanted to thank you for making Fear to Feel. Such an addictive song because listening to it led me to finding a way to help with my ADHD-induced time blindness. You just never know how art familiar. will help. Yeah. So backing up a bit, I have ADHD. I was diagnosed when I was a kid over 25 years ago. One thing I've always struggled with is time blindness, especially during showers as there's no clock in the shower. I usually listen to music and set a cue so I know when X songs play. I should probably get out, but that's time consuming before each shower. So when you release Fear to Feel, I decided that it would become my go-to shower song because one, <laughs> it's a banger and two, I wanted to support you by listening to it as much that's as really possible. Funny. Yeah, so now he's got a whole playlist of songs that are roughly five minutes long that help him to know when to get out of the shower and then that he's got five minutes to get dressed. And so we weren't going to make Fear to Feel five minutes because that's way too long for a song. Usually it's like three and a half That's or true. It is too long. It's not a radio edit, but I felt strongly that it just needed to be the length that it was. And I'm so glad we left it at five minutes, David. Thank you very much. You've done it again. <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> All right. So we've been Suggestible Podcast. Thank you as always to Raw Collings for editing this week's episode. Woo. I promise I will be back next week with some really solid recommendations. It's just been a very big time in this woman's life. I completely agree. So thanks, everyone, for all the support and for coming along for the ride. And, yeah, listen tomorrow. Matrescence. Matrescence. It's going to be in the world. Just type, type in Claire Tonti. You can't spell Matrescence. Nobody can. That's true. C-L-A-I-R-E-T-O-N-T-I on Spotify and YouTube. Congratulations, Claire. Thank you. Oh, he's shaking my hand, everyone. I love I shaking can't see. Sometimes, often Why I do it when you're talking to somebody and I just go off and start shaking <laughs> yeah. your hand. You do do that and I forget. I, it takes me a while to notice that you're doing it as well because, you know, when I'm talking to someone, I'm really like barreling them and yeah. really listening intently. So anyway. Let's do Thank it. Thank you. Okay. Ah. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.